What's up, y'all? It's your girl, the spicy lady, Stan User herself, and welcome to the official Spicy Lady Talks podcast. <laughs> I just want to say it's been a huge ride to where I'm able to finally start my first official podcast, and it's all because of the love and support I receive from you guys, my fellow Stan Users in arms, and I'm just so happy to say... We here, y'all. We here. And we're going to be unfiltered and all of that. <laughs> On today's episode of Spicy Lady Talks, I decided to put together a crew of three strong stand users to help me spread the knowledge of what it means to be black in cosplay. We have along with me three very special guests, two spicy ladies and fellow Joe Bro, who accompanied me at UCF's Day of Cosplay, where we spread the word of what it means to be black and our Being Black and Cosplay panel. First, we have Tayana, aka Black and Cultured. Her stand, Black and Cultured, is a multi-platform center for plural content, diversity, and one-of-a-kind displays of geekiness. Her stand also heightens her creativity in cosplay and blood entertainment knowledge. We also go way back to junior high days, so of course, it was wonderful to have her here with me on this panel. Secondly, we have Natalie of Aesthetically Natalie. Her stand gives her the ability to absorb huge amounts of One Piece content and then allows her to embody those set characters that she's watched. I had the pleasure of meeting her at AFO a few months back where I saw her wearing a wonderful, wonderful Ace cosplay. She had the tattoos and everything. And at today's panel, she actually embodied Luffy today. So stand in full effect. She also has a high ability to music, writing, and singing. Just a well-rounded stand, in my opinion, guys. And she's a major, major sweetheart. I'm so excited she was able to attend this panel. And lastly, but not least, we have our fellow Jobro, Eddie, aka no way food underscore no leaf food underscore 18. His stand heightens his knowledge of the philosophy of cosplay, which then he uses to create his own cosplays with. And he's also a phenomenal baker. Guys, you have to try his stuff. Just wonderful. And he's a fellow UCF student, just like me. So just a well-rounded panel, guys, and a well-rounded, talented group of stand users that you will be hearing in today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. And without further ado, let's get into today's panel discussion. Alrighty, folks. What is up? How are you doing? Awesome. Yes. This is this is us. This is us. So this is a philosophy of being black and cosplay panel. Um, my name is Ashanti. I am the CEO creator of Spotify Entertainment. I'm basically a outlet platform for black creatives to come and showcase their creative uh, talents from manga, comics, music, cosplay, you name it. Um, I love to interview them in the process, as well as I perform people in these views and entertainment from movies and what have you. My name is Eddie Rivera. I've been cosplaying for about three years. Uh, I go to school here, and this is actually my uh, very first panel. I'll be discussing the philosophy portion of the discussion panel, which is based off of a research data that I've gathered from five different cosplayers. And my name is Ty, um, aka Black and Culture. 
And basically what I do is I am a blogger, nerd enthusiast, and content creator for black peoples or people of color and all sorts of different kinds of minorities. I like to support the people that no one really sees and I want to take those people and bring those to the forefront of our nerd community because oftentimes in the nerd community we see a lot of the same faces and I want to bring the breath of fresh air and all the wonderful and the creativeness that is all the things that we are. You know, black, Hispanic, Asian, I just don't feel like we get a lot of a lot of play in the front on the front line. So my goal is to bring all of us to the front. Yes, hi, my name is Natalie. On Instagram I have I am aesthetically Natalie, and I am very new to being around like like-minded individuals when it comes to being a nerd. And I don't have a lot of my content like on my page or anything just yet, but I'm hoping to dive into music really soon. But yeah, I love anime, all this good stuff, on there. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of meeting these lovely ladies at AFO this year. So, <laughs> um, so I'll get started off with an icebreaker. Um, I don't like to sit in silence. I like to have everybody talking. So I'm going to play a little little game called Do You Remember? And um, depending on how old you are, you may date yourself by uh, figuring if you remember this. How many of you remember uh, Yaoi Palace? <laughs> it's okay if you don't remember them. But from the people who raised their hands, I'm glad that y'all remember <laughs> How many of you guys remember New Grounds Flash Games? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. is that still a thing? New Grounds? Hey, listen, PG. <laughs> no, but yeah, still, they're still there. Um, how many of you guys remember the soup store? Hey. <laughs> That's important. At soup. What do you mean, at soup? <laughs> um, Let's see, what else? How many of you guys remember cosplay forums? Before the age of, before people, like-minded people used to get together, we used to go into the into the, the dinosaur parts of the cosplay forums. Let's see. Uh, how many of you guys remember kids anime on WB? Wow. That one piece. Yeah. That one piece. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all remember when uh, Disney XD had the rights to Naruto? And finally, um, I know everybody should know this. How many of you guys remember Vampire Night? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> if you don't, it, it was good back when it was good, but it did not age well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just wanted to see if you guys had a little remember, and uh, that leads to my part of the panel, kind of the uh, evolution of cosplay and how it's really changed. Um, I'm not particularly too, too old. I'm only 22. So, you know, I have fairly a kind of a young life within cosplay when I was growing up. Um, even still, that was when I was in kindergarten. I remember this kid, he had a Naruto manga, and I thought it was the dopest thing since sliced bread. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And he was like, yeah, my dad, he's one of the shinobi. And I'm like, yo, he an actual shinobi for real? He just walk around here. But that was actually my first taste of a cosplay. I didn't know it was called cosplay at the time. It was just um, somebody who dressed in a costume and I met his dad and his dad showed me um, all of his stuff. And his dad was an OG cosplayer because you know he did a little metalworking 
did a little leather working. He, you know, he built his costume from the ground up. And there were no YouTubes and, and Instagram stories to show him how to do that. He had to think and, co and contemplate how to build this, these amazing lifelike replicas of his favorite content. And it just kind of startles me now, you know, we're in 2019, anything that you could possibly think of how to create, you can get it pretty much instantaneously. Cosplay is just, even though it's for some people, they kind of feel left out and they feel like it's inaccessible. It's actually more accessible than it's ever been. Um, when I first learned how to body paint myself, I've learned in 10 minutes, I pulled up a YouTube video, I followed this girl called Made You Look, and I watched her apply body paint for the first time. And just that alone was so magical. Um, I think even though cosplay has evolved a lot, where everything is more accessible, I do think that there are still a lot of hurdles that we have to get over as a whole community. Um, and mainly as our, our point today is basically with um, race. I feel it's one of our one of our hugest hurdles. That and body body positivity, we still struggle really big with those. When it just it doesn't make sense to me that we have these issues, you know. Um, before us, there was these lovely ladies in the middle row, bombshell cosplay. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. <laughs> um, they had the lovely ladies had mentioned that you know cosplay is for everybody, you know, regardless of what you look like or what you may do in your day to day. You know, I know nurses, RNs who come leave the hospital, go home, craft a costume and go to Megacon. So I just think that, you know, 2019, it would be really beneficial to see more of us, people who have different body shapes, different skin tones, different backgrounds in the forefront, but it's just not there. You know, a lot of your main cosplayers still all kind of look one way. So as cosplay continues to evolve, I still think that we have a couple of more steps to take to make us more inclusive, but I definitely see that we as a community are working really hard to bring that together. And it all starts from us up here, uh, y'all out there. You know, we definitely can make that dream possible. Move it over to. I have a question, or I have a statement. Is yeah. your panel interactive? Absolutely. Okay, well, <laughs> so, you know, I recruit and stuff for like our group, and there are some characters in the DC universe, specifically like in the comics like the Vixen and Bumblebee, and we've only had one of those girls in, in our group, and she had to walk away because she was just busy and everything. And to me, it's really hard for me to recruit women of color or, you know, they're specifically, um, shoot, what's her name? Um, she, she, um, she is a, like an indigenous woman, a Native American woman, and I'm kind of like scared, and she's very proud of that in the comic series, and I'm kind of scared to kind of recruit for somebody specifically like that, and on top of that, it's just so hard for me to find cosplayers of color that are like willing to do something like this, and I don't, where are they? I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. here, but you know. And I think that's the thing, I think they're out there, but I think again, like you said, like some of them are kind of. They get kind of scared. It's scared because right. it's scary yeah. to put yourself out there, and because because of the, the stuff that we get, which we'll talk about later. We'll, we'll talk about because that's gonna be last one. My time. But um, but yeah, for the most part, it definitely is just being scared. I think women like you guys who come out and definitely recruit them, they'll they'll definitely will open up somewhere mm -hmm. they'll want to do it. Because right now, they're probably doing their own. Right. To be honest, so. mm -hmm. well, I recruit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm recording for a platform now, so I will let them know. <laughs> 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 All right, so. <laughs>
So this section will be covering the philosophy aspect of this panel, just covering uh, identity theory and community group theory within the cosplay community. So the question that stems from is, how does one identify themselves as a cosplayer? How can I look at someone and say, hey, there's a cosplayer? So first off, um, I'd like to say that this was based off of research I did with five different interviews of other cosplayers. So special thanks to Adrian, Frances, Ellie, Joey, and Vasquez, who unfortunately couldn't join us today. So this is, although this is based on research, it is based on subjective opinion. So take it how it is. So the first part is defining what a cosplayer is, and based on what I've seen, people don't really define cosplay as simply just putting on a costume. There's a little bit more into it. We have the cost and the play part. The cost is the, well, it is a costume aspect, but it's not just going to a Halloween store and just buying a, uh, a simple outfit. It requires a little bit more dedication and effort into the project. Uh, it, your, your accuracy or your, your worth in the cosplay is typically reflected on how accurate it resembles the character you wish to portray. And then there's another section that people don't really typically look often at, and is the play portion, the acting portion. People can kind of think of cosplayers as both the actor and the stagecraft. You craft your cosplays, but you also become the character you're trying to be. So part of the identity is people who are able to dedicate time to crafting these cosplays, but also embodying and emulating the person they want to be. An interesting aspect, too, is that people don't, don't randomly choose a person they want to do because, as many of you are aware, cosplay takes a lot of time and money. It requires a lot of dedication, requires a lot of hard work, and a lot of failures. So people typically have a tendency to pick someone that they can personally relate to. So what are these people they personally relate to? One is typically a person that they, uh, they have a common interest with. So someone that they can be like, hey, I just like that guy, or I can, I can relate to him in a certain degree, which is also why what can make uh, anti-heroes more popular or even the more grounded individuals we see, not in like outlandish animes like Dragon Ball Z, but maybe a bit more uh, slice of life or a bit more like, or a bit more, how do I say, tragedy, a bit more realism in the show. Mm -hmm. And then another aspect is the characters typically embody characteristics that the individual wishes to embody. So it'd be something, someone that a character would, would have that the person themselves can, may lack, which can be sociability, it can be confidence, it can be some willingness or drive to continue and move forward. So some personal examples of me is my biggest cosplay is Kasame Koshigaki from Naruto, you know, shark boy with the sword that eats people. So what I like about him as a character is that he gives us this impression that he's a bit of a meathead who's just, who's just a bodyguard. He just does what he's told, but that's just the surface. And inwardly, he is actually, he's a little bit more complex than that. There's layers to him. He believes that, the world is based on false truths, and he goes into a bit of kind of depression to where he doesn't even know what's real. And he's actually been shown to be the most loyal member of his organization, despite being such a, despite being such a, a, um, a brute. Despite being such a brute, he actually cares for every member of the Akatsuki and is willing to even sacrifice himself 
just to protect the identity of his own members. And that is something I could respect because he has that he has that extra layer of thinking. He doesn't just do as he told us. He actually thinks about the what is like to him. And at the end of the day, he's there to protect others, not just himself. And then basically to summarize cost one or more aspect I like to cover is building the identity of the person you're cosplaying as. So as I mentioned before, is that cosplay is not just building the outwardly part, but also emulating the character. And in a sense, the per persons build their identity of the character they're cosplaying as. So you become that character. And part of cosplaying is becoming a different person other than your own and emulating them. So the second part of this is also defining a community of cosplayers. So it is actually very difficult to define the cosplay community as a whole because of how diversified cosplay is. Cosplay is not just going to cons and putting on a costume anymore. There are people who make businesses out of cosplay. There are people who develop social media platforms and rather connect with each other. At the con site, they form communities on Facebook or Instagram. There are people who do modeling. My mentor, who's been doing cosplay for 10 years, works for CEOs and actresses and crafts cosplays, not cosplays, but costumes for them. But in general, from the research I gather, most, most of the time they tend to describe the community as a more introverted community that keeps to themselves. They wouldn't really consider... They wouldn't really consider reaching out to people who are outside the community unless they're already cosplaying or they're personal friends of theirs. So there's kind of like, I would say there's more of that restrictive kind of element in that sense. Not a willingness to open up to other cosplayers, but a willingness to open up to other people. In a more subcategory, it's dependent on the context of it. What, so what kind of media are you training as? Are you doing anime? Are you doing manga? Are you doing gaming? And then you break it down even further. If you're making a Akatsuki group, you wouldn't be inviting people from One Piece to join your group. There's also the social media platform. Now we're not just meeting up at cons. We're meeting up on social media. We're hosting all these online events. And then there's also based on skill level. People Typically, people of similar skill levels typically draw near each other. So if you have your high-class skill levels, your low-class skill levels. However... Like what I'm in right now, there's also the concept of mentorships where the higher level cosplayers will take in the lower cosplayers to mentor them into their social groups. And a clear example right now is the cosplay I'm working on right now is actually part of a group cosplay that I'm working on for Hallmont. We are working currently working on a Resident Evil cosplay. So is there any group cosplay that you're working on? Um, well, I'm, I'm attending MobileCon. Um, Hopefully this summer, and um, a group of friends of some friends of mine, all going on Sailor Moon Scouts. We're having a twist on it, um, Hot Girl Summer. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna be kind of like you know a mixture of that. Um, and so I'm currently working on getting I'm Chippy I'm with Chippy Lisa. So I'm currently working on her cosplay and putting that spin on it. What have you? Cosplays and and me have a really rocky history. Um, I've been the only one to show up for a group cosplay, and everybody last minute tell me that we're not doing the group no more. And uh, 
I've been the only one not to show up to the group cosplay because we all con concluded that we weren't doing a group. And then I show up in my own cosplay and I'm like, oh yeah, just let you know. Now we're all one thing. So um, I don't do group cosplays typically, not saying that they're not capable. I've done one successfully. We all did a, what was it? When, when Pokemon Go first came out, we all were like little Go Scouters. So that was really cute. But um, I, don't, I don't typically do them, but I love seeing them. It makes me really happy. Oh, real quickly, what you had said. Oh, it's not the <laughs> What you had said earlier about the community um, of cosplayers. The community is something else. Um, I think that the community has become really, really wonderful because the community has changed. It was the community that embraced little baby Tayana and and turned me into someone who was capable, who felt comfortable enough to try to start a career within the nerd culture because beforehand. When I was a kid, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think it was possible to become a part of this community. And the community is so wonderful. You've got these really comfortable cosplay moms and dads that take in, you know, lesser skilled or, you know, baby cosplayers. They grow them up. And then out of nowhere, you know, you're looking five years down the line. I remember when I was, I don't know, Jack from uh, Guardians and, you know, have my little stick, and now I'm doing really complex armor work with Warbla, you know, that, it's, it's really comforting, and it's so refreshing to see something like that. And so, like you said, the community, um, and that's what draws, especially, you know, black cosplayers to this, because it can be welcoming. Uh, we're going to tell you about the other issues as well, but that's, we were part of it because we, as John says, like, we relate to, we relate to these characters, as we said, like, these characters are what we embody, what we want to be, and that's why we come out cosplaying them. I love, I love seeing other people too who feel the same way through this community. People want to, everyone, introvert, extrovert, you want to be part of something. Like, I'm introvert as well, but and I enjoy fellowship, I enjoy people, I enjoy that because you just feel good about yourself. Um, so, next time we're going to talk about, we're a little serious, um, but what it means to be a minority in cosplay. Um, it is, almost like a separate world, but not because we're forced to make it separate. It's just there's certain factors that make it that way, um, such as discrimination discrimination and racism in cosplay. Um, there's apparently this huge issue with black cosplayers um, from non-black non cosplayers or movie cosplay non-black characters. I don't know where that started, but I guess that's the thing. And you just see a lot of black cosplayers struggle with that, with you know racism and the blackface and cosplaying um, with the girl Twitch who did Lifeline and did blackface. It's just, it's just really sad and unnecessary. But that's that's the evils of our world that we live in. And again, that's a part of the reason why I guess a lot of especially women cos black women cosplayers are afraid to come out and do things like what you guys are doing the bombshells because we have two strikes against against us. We're black and we're women. So those are two factors that go into it. It's it's never interchangeable. It's it goes. They're always together. So and that's a lot, you know. And with uh, with you know black cosplayers, there's not a lot of us yet out there who are making it known. So it's scary to go in there by myself. When I was in Redcon, I was by myself, and it was overwhelming. But I met a lot of cool people. It was a lot of fun, and um, I had a lot of fun. So it, it's it's a good fellowship area, but it's just those those areas where we need to work on. Um, and I don't get to want to say anything at all. <laughs> um, my experience as a as a cosplayer, I've done. I don't have a lot of my work up now, but um, I've done a lot of different cosplays. Um, first thing I did when I started cosplaying was I went straight to body paint. 
because my biggest fear was that someone was going to say something because I was cosplaying a character that wasn't my skin tone. That was genuinely my fear. Um, the first cosplay I ever did was Amethyst, partly because she's like the dopest character. And uh, <laughs> she was also chubby, which wasn't very big in cosplay. There weren't a lot of plus size characters. So I felt self-conscious about trying to do something that was smaller than me. And she was purple and I was like, okay, well I could do that. You know, she's she's cute, she's got purple skin. There is no way this could go wrong. And then I wore my cosplay for the first time to Megacon and it was really good all day until like later on that day, I started hearing these weird comments. Um, I couldn't find a white wig in time, so I wore my afro and I painted it white. And then so it proceeded to be like, oh, what are you, lumpy space princess? I'm like, no, you see this gem, this makes me amethyst, so you're wrong. And then it got worse. And then by the end of the day, the last comment was, um, oh, what color are you under there? And I was just like, oh, gosh, man. And I typically am the first person to cuss somebody out. I got a real quick tongue. So I tried to be nice about it, but like that never, that experience has never left me. It will probably be there under every time I try to cosplay. Because, you know, to hear something like that, and I, I love costuming. I've been making costumes out of nothing since I was a little pipsqueak, you know? But it's really disheartening, even for strong, thick-skinned people. It's disheartening. Um, but what has made it better is having really good support systems, having really good people. People, the biggest help was having people who are not of color to stand next to you and be like, that's not okay what you just said to her. Here, you know, we're here for you too. Because I don't think people, just like with any other community that's subjugated, or that often will get segregated off to the side. It's really good to have allies who don't look like you because those are the people when they stand up, it helps to make that additional difference. And, um, but yeah, and like you said, definitely community. Me, um, I actually have some friends I met online on my anime account. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of, I met them in fellowship, we talked about anime, and then a lot of them live all across the states. And I told them, like, yeah, I'm going to Megacon. They're like, oh, we're coming. I'm like, no, you guys aren't. You're not really coming. And they all got tickets, and they all came down. We all went to Megacon last year. So it was really fun going from going to Megacon by yourself, coming by yourself, and then going to a whole bunch of your, like, Black friends who are all equally as nerdy as you. And it, it's just, it made the convention so much better. And like you said, those those issues those that we have with people who are like, what are you? You don't wear a wig. If you wear a natural hair, but we put a spin to it. Because um, I cosplay as um, Black Mary, and I had like her whole fit. I had like choker, I had her set, and her fishnets, everything. I had my afro out. And a girl asked me if I was Domino, and I was like, come on, if you're not cosplaying, you see real white. I, don't, I just, Black Mary, I have a little jacket, a little jacket. Like, so it's just things like that where it's like, we do have to try twice as hard because of those those aspects. And it's tough, you know, and there's a lot of wonderful black cosplayers out there. Um, like, you guys know any? I know Kira, please, kind uh, of. Um, K-Bear. Mm -hmm. um, I can start listening to them all. I got a whole bunch there's of them. There's a woman <laughs> that does Sephiroth. He has dreadlocks, yes. long, white hair. And we, I love when cosplayers put their own spins on characters. I feel like it's so creative. Like, we got steampunk cosplay over yes. here. I just love it. Like, bleach, all of it, all together. I love it. Like, I just, yeah, it's like, it's just so creative. And like, I, I pray I was Ichigo, but like, 
I had like my bra, but I had like the jacket on, I had the same outfit on, and had heels, and I had my um his sword and everything. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're Ichigo," and I, was, I felt so happy that everyone knew Ichigo because again, I had my, my natural hair out. So they were like, "No, you're like you're Ichigo, like you're Ichigo." So I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's really it's it's feels really good when people can see that, you know." And so and um like we said like, again and again, we are women, so the whole cosplay not consent thing is also an issue as well. Um, and I had some friends, some guy friends who tell me their experience, and I'm like, why would you do that to this cosplayer? It's not cool. And they get mad at me when they're like, you're right, so I'm like, yes, because I don't, I speak my mind, those kind of things, especially people I associate myself with. I'm like, hey, like, no, don't do that. That's not what we do here. <laughs> um, yeah, and, um, so that, I know you guys, um, I'm Shima Natalie at AFO. She was ace, and I remember her. I was like, because she had the ace like tattoo down pat. I was like, I need to take a picture with you. And after that, we kind of just started networking. We did a um, quirk tastic inspired wooden pop, black oh, wooden yeah. nervous like oh, photo shoot. Nothing but wonderful girls of all kinds came together. And um, I met another girl named Natalie. She had this awesome. I mean, um, oh, Deja. Deja. She had this amazing killer kill. Um, Sasuke. 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 She Girl. handmade Girl. it. Um, I interviewed her. She she handmade it from scratch for her and her mom. She had the sword and everything that she handmade. Like it was just beautiful. Like I just love when you put so much of their hard work into it. And it comes out exactly like the um the character was. So and like I just started talking to her more, and we just started networking, and we all just sharing our experiences being black cosplayers and what we share and she also has something to say where it's like lewdness and cosplay how lewdness is kind of more popularized and now do cosplays for women characters and um where she was saying how just to re- like being who you are and look these guys like inside your panel like whatever you're comfortable with do what you want to do because me I do like to show my body up a lot because I do, I'm a dancer, a choreographer, so I love wearing costumes. I love to show myself and be center stage, what have you, but some girls aren't, and that's fine. And um, that's, again, your comfort levels, and you have to learn that that's okay. And so when some of us are also a cosplay, and you're like, you just push it aside because it's not lewd, it's not cool, because people put their hard work into it, it's like they're babies. I say the same thing people when people um, judge animes or whatever without looking at the whole product. This is someone's child that they made. Like you can't just reduce it without looking at it and give it a chance. And that's just, you know, how I feel that's what that's what it's doing. I mean I know um, you <laughs> you wanna say something? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> um the one thing I just wanted to point out um about the community is that I always like to give this kind of idea about um the black community outside of cosplay. The black community outside of cosplay, it is really difficult for us to be who we are because in our community, we have very strict rules on things that you don't say out loud, you know, about being nerdy, about being quirky. You don't want to stand out because standing out really isn't all that good because it can bring unwanted attention to you and your people, you and your community. You doing something wrong affects affects your entire family for the worse. I'm not going to get too, too much in it, but the black community really doesn't really kind of shuns out the weirdos and the quirky ones and when you come to a convention and that's supposed to be your mecca that's supposed to be your safe space and you get shunned out again just because of the color of your skin that makes you feel so isolated 
and so chopped down and so degraded, really. It's like a whole disrespect, a whole disrespect thing, you know, and you're, oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off. No. I'm glad you said it for me about the black <laughs> community because I am a person of color and I'm also gay. So I kind of feel like a double, you know, like a, like a four-hit attack from my community. As much as I hate to admit it, I felt that way for most of my life. Like back then when it was kind of illegal to be black and say, and Taliban may look like well. Now it's like, it's a lot more acceptable. I see a lot of black people, you know, talking about Naruto and yeah. Pokemon and all that. <laughs> but because of my orientation, I still get black sheep. I still get like, tar I can get targeted. So. It's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's refreshing to meet different people of color, different nationalities, and we all can talk and like, oh, we love Yuri on Ice. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna cosplay as this one Yaoi character. It's like we, I get to talk about that. But what I would love to do is actually be able to sit down and talk to my community with them, feeling like, oh, being I'm allergic to gay. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's real. It's it's that serious. And I hate this. I, I hate to make it sound like a war story, but it kind of feels like it, you know. Because yeah, you're constantly absolutely. having to defend defend your blackness and everything. Just walking outside, and regardless of whatever, like cosplay or whatever else we really like. And I, I know with me, a lot of my friends when they see me promoting a lot of my cosplays, they're like, "You were into that?" And I'm like, "Yeah," yeah. because you guys make fun of me whenever I would hint at anything close to that. Yeah. And so that really drove a wedge between me and my old friends because it's like. They saw me as a person, and I'm like, I've always been that person. It's just you guys always make fun of any. I, that's why I would anything I will say, you guys always make fun of me about it. Like, you're like, oh, you you went to class, you did this and that, blah blah blah, and then exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like, like you guys don't know me because you know, and I would get that at home sometimes. So it was high school really dark because it's like you know, and that's when I turned to anime and fairy tale always have a close place in my heart. <laughs> Because they taught me literally what friendship was, because I have a lot of friends that I didn't even know what that meant. And so when I watched it and I watched Urza and Nazi at that moment, I literally cried. I don't cry. Like, I don't cry in um, a lot of things, but like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Yes, you um, To wrap on you with the food, I don't like crying. Y'all make me emotional. Um, but um, long story short, to kind of put a bow on it all, um, what what we're trying to bring to the forefront, just to make you aware, awareness is the first key. You know, if you know, if you're trying to reach out to the black community and they're kind of stagnant or they're not looking like they were, or any minority community, don't you know? That's that's our fear mechanism. We're pushing you off because we don't want to be hurt. We're pushing you off because we don't want to be put in a position where we can be compromised. But the first thing that you can do is just continue to extend your hand, continue to be polite and kind, just as you know you would want on for yourself. So you know, as we wrap this up, um, we're about to open up open forum in a second. Um, just continue to sh to share your kindness and continue to spread awareness and be an ally to all of your friends who are minorities. In cosplay and all of your friends who are black in cosplay because you don't know how much of the world you're meaning to them. And just ask and pop their Yeah. Like a lot of them keep things in. If you just, hey, are you okay? They'll after a few times they'll be like, oh this. And then just be valid for them because it's always something. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Okay, so now we're open questions. Open for so 
But now that we're moving into 2018, 2019, 2019 was so diverse. I'm talking about Black, LGBTQ, um, all sorts of different magical people were out there. And they had, I, I've never looked at a con and been like, man, I missed it. I really missed this. It's an experience that if you're honestly, if you're a Black cosplayer, you've been dreaming of it since you heard about it. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you just want to, you want to go. Thank um, you for bringing that up. Yes, thank you. Um, shout out to the creators of, of, of um, Blur Con too, and Kirktastic. Uh, um, that's another co convention I've been trying to go to. Where is it? Uh, Blur Con is in D.C. And QuirkCon, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, by the company called Kirktastic, they're also kind of a Black-run, nerd community type of mm -hmm. thing. They uh, specialize in, in uh, minority nerd content. Their, con their convention is in South Carolina. Yes. And they're both, they're actually, BlurCon is surprisingly really big for it only to be alive for about three or four years. It's, yeah. it has a huge stack. Um, while QuirkCon is still kind of small, it's really still an intimate setting, as well as another one is DreamCon. That's another one made by some, uh, RDC World. You guys, have you guys heard of them? RDC World, yeah. Um, so there were, we're planning on going out there because they're like two years old. And a lot of like there goes there, Ice World. Um, a lot of other black creators. creators go there, and it's it's just a fun con. Like I know King Vader last year premiered his um, um Dragon Ball Z movie film. If you're familiar with these folks, they are on YouTube, all of yes. their social media, YouTube, Instagram, pretty much anywhere you look. If you type in King Vader or RDC World, RDC World does this funny um thing called a. Uh, Anime house <laughs> where they do like <laughs> all the anime characters living in like a house, kind of like the real world. <laughs> together and like they posted a, a video, a new, their newest video a few, a few days um, ago. Yeah, on YouTube. It's funny. It had, it had like an L and a Death Note story behind it. This one, it was so funny. It's it's very <laughs> it's very entertaining. Scene. And um, King Vader, he's um an up and coming black um film producer, and he, he makes movies many movies and he has a lot of black directors. Yeah, he has a lot of black people he met at convention. He has them come and act in his film because he has his own film company. And he's so he's such a wonderful creator. Like when you watch his his um, videos, you can see the details that he put he puts into it and then every video is progressive and it's right. Shout out to King Vader. <laughs> but yeah, like so Definitely go check him out. Again, a lot of wonderful black creatives um, that I will, can't wait to meet that are just awesome. But yeah, any more questions? Other questions? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before about like, you know, you know, if you will attack him, you know, you know, just because of what we like. Or, or what would you say the best defense mechanism is other than pushing people away? <laughs> but like, you know, it's definitely um, knowledge informing the person of what they're doing. Most of the time they know what they're doing, but most of the time it's just ignorance. They don't know. 
And with me, like, um, again, like, my honest lady, me, I say what's on my mind, because you guys know Trish from JoJo. Mm. Um, I got my name from her stand because her stand was really outspoken. And, you know, and I really relate to that because that's me. And if I see something I don't like, I'll be like, hey, that's not cool. Like, I've always been that friend to stand up for other people or be like, why are you willing like, for what? Like, for what? And so I kind of got, I kind of you know, relate to that. But yeah, definitely what you said, just let them know, like, what, like, no, that's not okay what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I was going to add to that. I feel like if it's obviously in a malicious type of way, I would definitely stem from letting it get under your skin. Like, stay away from that. Because I feel like if it's malicious, then that's what they want. They want you to get angry and upset, maybe cry about it, get angry, start a scene, whatever it is. How? So, you know, just keep staying strong. Uh-huh, that was cute, that was funny. And just go on and have a good time. Because that's what they don't want. But if it's in a kind of ignorance type of way, like they genuinely don't know, like I've had, you know, sometimes even outside of the anime world, like people say something to me and something about like, oh, da da da, colored woman. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) And it wasn't in a malicious way. It was in a way that for some reason they genuinely thought that's the proper terminology. And I was like, you can just say black or woman of color. I'm like, you don't have to say that. And they were like, oh, I apologize. Like, they didn't know. So informing them would go a long way because if you lash out, then that's just going to create even more ignorance and more hate circulating. So, so like, it, it was more like just, it was more like, you know, you know when to, like, to go in and when to answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'll know, you'll, you'll, you'll always know when it happens. You yeah. Happens you can time. feel those vibes. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And me, I work in my face, so people tend to know. My best advice, well, your knee-jerk reaction is always going to be if you, I mean, if you got a fighting spirit, your knee-jerk reaction is always going to be, what you say? But um, (laughs) the best advice along with addressing it is honestly just, at least for me, my best, what's worked for me is not only addressing it, but holding them accountable. You know, even if they're ignorant to it, sometimes in their, there's something blissful ignorance, like they're choosing to be ignorant. And I see that happens very often with a lot of people who address things to cosplayers, like, oh, that dress is so short, or where's your prop? Your wig looks funny, you know, dress it. But I like to hold people accountable. Like, really? My wig is crooked? Okay. Did you think that was a nice compliment? Like, honestly, even if it wasn't crooked, did you think that was something nice to say? Holding people accountable. My favorite thing is that actually looks great. Yeah. Oh, it actually looks wow. Well. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. undersided mm-hmm. compliment. And again, with being women, mm-hmm. we Absolutely. all the time. <laughs> so hold people accountable. And there's nothing wrong. You don't have to do it in a malicious or rude way to hold someone accountable. Everyone needs to be held accountable at some point. Unless you're part call <laughs> in which case you know maybe be careful but there's no point you know if someone's really getting to you in that manner or you feel like they need to be checked it's okay to check them just and that's why I love Jolene Cujo because she just fought people <laughs> all the time <laughs> that's why I love her because she just fought like oh okay so we're about to wrap it up it's 422 um, yeah sorry is there a are any of you guys part of a Discord or Reddit or Facebook? Glad group? you mentioned it because we would definitely forget our social media. <laughs> We're going to do that right now to you. So, um, so wrap it up. So, if you want to say all yeah. your social media, tell me kind of glad. Or do you want to pass around the phone since we can't project it? Oh, yeah. We can stay out there. 
I mean, yeah, you, you guys can pass it around or we can hold it up. Um, if you, got you wish to uh, follow us just or continue the discussion uh, regarding what you just spoke, feel free to follow us on our Instagram. Luffy is going to walk around with the phone so you can take your bones out and do that stuff. So you guys are actually being recorded from my first uh, podcast called Spicy Lady Talks. So um, follow me on there. Basically, um, I will have these kind of conversations where we just talk about um, topics in the blur community, as well as having other allies come and talk as well. And I love to interview creatives. If you have something, a business, come talk to me. I love to promote it. I, I love it. You've got yes. Well, she's woman, woman. I'm all for women empowerment. I'm busted ladies. We don't hold back here. Like we talk about the real stuff. There's no sugar coating here over here. Um, no PG, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you can follow me on YouTube, Special Lady Talks as well. Um, I do the same thing. I do anime reviews. I also talk about diversity and having um, more black representation in, in, in anime and just in the entertainment industry as well. Um, follow me on Instagram, Special Lady Entertainment. Um, I basically, yeah, Twitch, Special Lady Gaming. I love to game, guys. I suck, but my reactions are funny because I get into it. <laughs> Um, I play Apex, um, uh, <laughs> Apex, I play Apex, Overwatch, um, Mortal Kombat, they just added Sindel on there, just everything there is, I'll play, yeah, Raging Games, I, I love fighting games, I um, no, not yet, but I'm gonna get into that, Persona, I'm getting that soon, I'm getting it soon, getting it, and just, I would like, I like to, Fight my way through it. I don't like to go on side missions. I'm very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I love to fight with you. But yeah, follow me on Twitch, please. Um, well, Twitter is Muscle Lady ENT. Um, and then all that fun stuff is on there. And I have a it's on Baby Son and Co. She's a black um, entrepreneur. She makes anime t shirts. And she has a wonderful, she's a sweetheart, had me up my blog on her website. So Baby Son and Co. She was one of these. Um, but yeah, so follow her on there and you can go to the blog section of my blog, especially entertainment right there. I'll run through mine. So mine is Black and Culture. That's B L A Q U E N K Culture with a K. I will spell culture. I can't spell right now. Um, I have a website which is www.blackandculture. It is my blog as um as well as where I host all my photos. Instagram is basically will be my main platform, and then I have a Facebook, of course. I do have a YouTube, but it is the best known secret. I only put my professional photos. My own professional videos go there. So if you want to trickle down to my two videos on on YouTube, hey, follow me. Um, I also have a small video. I'm I'm shooting a uh, my first small film. Um, if you go on my Instagram and go to get tickets, it is absolutely free. I just need a place to put people. But um, if you would like to act in or be part of cast, crew, wardrobe, anything like that, um, it is definitely a unique opportunity, my first filmmaking opportunity. Um, I won't give too, too much information, but it is going to have an action as well as a slightly horror-ish element. So if you're interested in filmmaking or have experience, I love experience, um, come help your girl out on Black and & Culture, and um, I would definitely love to host you. And also, I almost forgot um, I'm also having a, uh, another photo shoot. Um, if you've never seen the first one, those photos will be on my website as well as um, in the video. Um, and um, this photo shoot is called Anime Sweater. So if you have anime sweaters or like anime ugly sweaters or anything that's anime related, 
We're going to be um, doing a couple location shoots. And if you want to be interested, definitely contact me on my social media, as well as my um, Gmail, which is blackandculture.gmail.com. And I would love to work with you because collaboration is king. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> so once more, I don't have any like, you know, super creative things like these ladies and this gentleman out oh, just yet. <laughs> but, but I'm excited to be, like I said, I just met them. This year, I'm excited to work with them with anything that they have to do. It's been a blast since we just met. It's like we've known each other for a while. And music coming when it comes. Right now, I only on um, my Aesthetically Natalie Instagram, I have like one little snippet of me doing like a cover of Radiohead Creek. So that's all that's there right now. Oh, but, yeah. So, before I almost do like a group video. Oh, yeah. Group guys, group group on the chair. Okay. Stand on the show. Everybody's like, I have to do it. Okay. Okay. All right, guys, so this is our Being Black and Cosplay panel. Say on, guys. Woo! Woo! Hey! 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 You weren't here, you missed out. Period. <laughs>